I think about it, like, mermaids, so I've been told, mermaids are basically like these gargoyle, unpretty looking creatures with black eyes. I say black eyes, all right? Um, uh, I guess they do kind of like the black eyed peas. <laughs> and they sing like Fergie. Oh, it ain't glamorous. All right. Uh, but yeah, I think I'd be like if I was if I lived in a secret fantasy world and there was some beautiful aerial looking mermaid out there and they were looking for their merman, even though it would be a pain in the ass with my hair, I would have to wear a hair cap all the time because, you know, <laughs> no pun intended, but the man's hair can get wavy um, <laughs> and because I'm a good greeter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think, look, I'm not a big under the sea type of guy with my breathing and asthma and skill set under wet conditions. Um, but you know, I think I can, uh, like Aaliyah would say, rock the boat. Can you give me high? I want to see you flow. Um, and R. Kelly just got transferred to another prison. Um, but yeah. Uh, God, I miss the 90s where you can marry a 15-year-old girl when you were in your late 20s. And guys are fighting like... Which actually reminds me of... Well, not reminds me, but the transition to Steven Crowder. Um, so apparently he admitted like, hey... Yeah, me and my wife have been going through a hard divorce because he's trying to get ahead of this video that basically comes out and talks about his wife and shows him talking to his eight-month-old pregnant wife and saying, I don't love you because you've never shown love for me. It's like, I don't know, she let you ejaculate inside of her and have twins. Um, maybe she didn't love you, but she let you do something that, you know, and technically invites love. Um, but I think it just goes to show what type of, what power can kind of do to someone. And he's a very conservative person, as everyone knows. Who And this is why when you hear people talk about their Christian values and they like to rely on these traditional Christian values as their baseline for everything to justify shit. Because even the video... It sounded so weird as someone who does believe in a lot of traditional things to say, you don't do wifey things for me. Like, what 40-year-old man says wifey? Like, that's like something you hear from, like, a 22-year-old aspiring one day to get married or have, like, a woman do wifey things for him. It's like one of those dumb Instagram messages. That's, those Instagram posts would be like, man, I just want a girl that loves me. Willing to suck my dick and do wifey shit. Um, but this is a grown man saying wifey. The word wifey should never come out of anyone over the age of 30. That is just like a baseline rule of common sense. Um, but what you see when this is why I like when you hear the weirdest part was in his admittance of he's been going through a divorce before this video stuff came out. Like, the wordage he used was like, I picked wrong. It's like, this isn't my kid's fault. I just picked, I just picked the wrong mother. Um, it's like, it's like, it's not her fault. Sometimes things don't work, but I just picked a fucking bitch. 
Um, but well, he didn't say that, but it's one of those things like, hey, you know, there's no ill will, you know, you, you fucked me over, but hey, there's no ill will whatsoever. It's like, man, it's, sounds pretty ill. You sound uh, pretty sick to the point. But um, I've never been a big Steven Crowder fan. And anyone that kind of believes in that type of belief where they can't do anything. That man has never admitted anything. He's one of those people that no matter what you introduce or show, they are so stuck in a way of thinking because they've been rewarded in that way of thinking. And then we're surprised when they act a certain way in their real life towards people they quote unquote care about. Like, I do a similar thing where I hope to be at that success level, but I would never let success get in the way of telling my eight-month wife to tell her to go walk the dog and go get me groceries and to put on some gloves to do some yard work while you're sitting on the patio bitching about, hey, um... I feel so isolated. I can't go no. No, that doesn't work either. Like the way you said either. God, like when you see stuff like that, man, it just like this is why you got to be careful of who you listen to and aligning with what someone says and what they think and actually who they are as a person because all these people that are so into their stuck on traditional stuff without being able to think for themselves. The problem with when you do that is you have people that operate like him. That, hey, this is the way it is. If you don't do wifey things for me, you're not considerate of me. It's like, it seems like there's a lot you're leaving on the table here. Um, But yeah, louder with Crowder. Um. Yeah, I don't even really watch him, to be honest. But I think it's one of those things that this is why you don't idolize and get trapped in ideology. This is why you don't get trapped in really politics and this left and right nonsense. Because when you're so focused on being a certain side, you will either justify the most nonsense and, or you won't listen to common sense. Um, and when you get into that dangerous territory, you get someone with the ego of him who truly believes that he's looking at a woman, tells her, I don't love you. As you're holding my eight-month-old child, like you haven't done anything for me. As she literally has the belly the size of my new booty cheeks. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I don't even know what else to say. I think it speaks for itself. But yeah, welcome to episode 190. <laughs> of the Off and Be podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Uh, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell on all apps. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some teas, especially if they're eight months pregnant. Because oh, those 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 milkers are milking. Um, I can't wait to suck my eight month old pregnant uh, partner's titties. Oh, that'll be a day. Well, I don't know. Maybe you should actually preserve that for the baby. Actually, I don't even know if while they're pregnant, do they actually lactate? Or do you only start producing the milk after you have the baby? Or does the or does the milk tits, the milk in the tits, does it start producing during the pregnancy? I don't know. <coughs> 
It's like, hey, this is the last time I could be your baby until we have a baby because then I can't be a baby no more. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just shows how ignorant I am about um, the nips, a little nip slip. Um, yeah, speaking of nip slips, um, so there was this douchebag at the gym like, all right, I am not an anti-take-your-shirt-off-at-the-gym guy. I've never done it. At least, I've never done it with other people there, right? And I appreciate the confidence someone has to take their shirt off with a below-average physique in a gym with someone else who, if I took my shirt off, let's be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, hey, you know what? Let the young kids spry. Make them feel good. You know what? The first time you start adding... Your body starts changing. I get it. There's a new feeling to it. I get it. But you can't take your shirt off and not put weight on the bar. When you could obviously do weight on the bar, but you're just trying to get a pump, quote unquote, to look good in the mirror, but you're not actually looking better. Um, but I've always admired the guy who will take his shirt off when... It's not really, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to do so. Um, but I don't know, are, are you a douchebag? Or are you just someone who enjoys being confident in your well-being? To be confident in what you have to offer. I think there's there's place for both. But um, yeah, I think the next time I see someone do that, I'm going to go right next to them. And take my shirt off. And then double the amount of weight of the exercise they're doing. And show them how daddy does it. Um, <laughs> oh daddy will take care of you. <laughs> and I'm going to do it when they are with their girl. And you know. Just uh, show her like hey. There's levels to this. Don't be impressed by your little man boy over here. Um, let me show you how the real men do it. How the men under the sea do it. Um, but yeah, good for him. All proud of you, kid. I'm proud of you. Um, yeah. So, wouldn't it be cool to have arms like a T-Rex? You know, keep it close, close to the hips, close to the ribs. Like, would it actually, like, do people, would would we want actually extinct animals to exist? Like, would you want to just wake up one day and see a woolly mammoth? Like, if I were to walk outside in the parking lot and just see a woolly mammoth scrolling, like, you know, a coyote. And he's not hurting anyone, he's just, you know, strolling along. Would that freak me out? Probably. Um. But, you know. I think uh, there's a time and place for extinction. Um, I don't know. Well, are we closer as humans to being extinct? Like, will humans ever be extinct naturally? It'd be kind of hard being the fact there's a lot of us, like 7 billion of us. Like, typically there's a numbers going down aspect over time which why an animal becomes distinct in climate and survival it's like we literally have cannibals 
And we are growing at a rapid rate. We are having kids less than ever, but somehow we are growing at a rapid rate. It's a lot of things that don't make sense. <coughs> uh. I'm not a believer in population control at all. I think, uh, do I think that we should have more boundaries for people to have kids? I don't know. Do I think that you that the amount of kids you should have should be based off your income level? I think ideally people should just be more smart about that, but that's not realistic. Because the argument could be made, the people with the most offer should have the most kids because they could provide a better service to society and more opportunity to create a better world, while people who are in poverty or people who have the least amount to offer, you know, relatively, they should have a minimum of the kids they should have. Like, should there actually be where even if you want your child... If the government or child services says you can't afford to take care of your child, should they be taken away from you? Like, there's an inhumane aspect of it that's like, hey, that's not right. Because, you know, if she has a child and wants to keep it, she they should have it. It's like, but child services, if it's really for the betterment of the child, then they determine that, hey, you're being put in a situation that you cannot take care of. Um, people will say no matter what, it should always be the parent's choice. But at the same time, sometimes we have to come in and take it from you. Because, <laughs> you know, maybe we live in a two, uh, we can do it by ourselves culture. And I think that we used to have a more tribalism more like a, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, we're more isolated than ever. We don't really have. We have less and less connections to people, people more and more isolated, less and less social, have less and less actual resources to be able to financially take care of a child and be able to provide a living without something going amiss. That's why typically the marriage aspect, going back to Steve, that's why that marriage aspect really typically is a better route for a lot of people because it's a pretty simple one person makes the money, other person takes care of a child, the child's all right, everything's taken care of, whatever. But it takes more than just one person to, it takes more than just a mother and a father to actually raise a child when you really think about it. Because a child is really influenced by everything they come across, whether that's the school, the stuff they read, their friends. Uh, stuff they see, TV, now, you know, the internet, social media, like everything influence a child more than direct uh, direct contact. Most of the things we actually learn is indirect. No one directly actually, very rarely do we actually go directly try to learn about something. Like typically we have to be force feed an algorithm or we have to be shown an interest to be able to want to actually process something or to actually have, because in order to develop an interest, some had to be introduced to you that you didn't expect that made you interested and made you want to be more interested in the interest. It's like a big old synonym list in a dictionary. It's like, man, you know, 
I like cats. I like felines. I like pussy. Hey, let me learn more. Um, there's a... Everything is really indirect. Um, and that's why it's very important. Like, the people I've come across that are the most well-rounded people are people that have relationships and form relationships with, like, their uncles and cousins. Like, not just the immediate fam, but, like, kind of like the secondary immediate. Like, the the uncles, the cousins. I don't know how you have, like, nine co- I don't understand the family tree. Um, but, you know, shake the tree a little bit. Uh-huh. Branch out. Um, <laughs> leave you on red all the time. I don't even have, like, most of my secondary family's phone numbers. Like, now I think about it. But typically the people I know that are the most social, people that have the best, like, type of abilities to connect with people are people that have that have real relationships with their cousins, their aunts, people like their great-grandparents and stuff like that. Like, because you are kind of forced to really be mindful of a lot of different types of people. And more than just the way, because people don't just raise their kids the way that they think. Like, it's all passed down, and then they change a few things and add their ways of being original to them, but they had to learn the base and commonalities from their lineage of parents. So, um, that's why everything's kind of like passive and indirect. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I'm not a parent. I'm unqualified, but you know, I'm daddy in some ways. Um, <laughs> oh, daddy, oh, buttos. Uh, she said I would stick them, but next thing you know, there's something else I lick them. Um, <laughs> uh, I remember the first time actually I learned about the song Becky. I don't know how I'm gonna transition from talking about indirect uh lives with kids to getting that Becky. Um, but hey, you know, everyone's gonna get one one day. Um, but I remember the first time I heard the song Becky. I don't remember what year it came out. It was either late elementary, early middle school. I remember I had an MP3 player. You actually paid for it in iTunes or in LimeWire. <laughs> actually, that was probably the more likely route, to be honest. But, you know, we would all share, like, we had the wired earbuds. You would have one in your right ear. They would have one in their left ear. Or would it be right? Yeah, you're right. They're left if you're sitting on the inside of the bus and out. Yeah, whatever. And you would just be playing, you know, and give me that Becky. Social boy, tell them. Uh, shorty like mine. Um, Kanye. Uh, <laughs> like I just say Kanye. Um, and then, you know, you play some, that time rock hinder, like, you know, everyone listened to like similar stuff. We were always, and I remember me and I think this kid, Jorge, a nice chubby kid. And we, uh, we were just playing like every day we would sit on the bus third seat to the left when you enter and we just play music because we were near the end of the bus route we always you know, it was like if you're one of the kids that always live near the end of the bus route you always like sit near the front you always gravitate to like kid the other 
kids that live I, I think honestly typically people gravitate and sit next to people on the bus where they are closest to where they live when they get off the bus um so me and Jorge I remember the song Becky came out I was like I literally I, I was like how do you give a Becky why is he trying to give why is he asking for Becky essentially and I was being like I didn't understand and he looked at me dead in the eyes he took his earbud out and he looked at me he's like no he's not actually talking about a girl named Becky he's talking about receiving a blowjob from a girl and I took my earbud out like what's that (laughs) he's like that's when he's like, that's when a girl puts her mouth on your ding, on your ding dong. His exact words. And I was like, huh. That sounds like it'd be pretty good. Um, <laughs> and that's why you learn about indirect communication. Um, and that's when you learn that a lot of music is actually made for young middle schoolers or high schoolers, but they package the song in a way to make it processable processable to make it accessible where they don't put in the title but it's a reference to something that adults will get but the kids can listen to the song and enjoy it and they may or may not know what they're talking about but they just like the song and that's the day I learned about Becky um I think I've only met a couple Beckys in my life yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, if you name your kid Becky at this point, kids asking for it. Um, imagine if your girl. Imagine if your name is Becky, and given Becky is your weak point. Um, <laughs> uh, Clint, you're such a fool. It's okay if it is. It's not the biggest deal in the world. Someone will still love you. Just said not as much as someone that does. Um, <laughs> uh, it always fascinates me when someone says. You know, I've actually, I've come across one girl, no pun intended. I've come across one girl in my life that literally said she doesn't give head, right? Sorry, this pod just turned sexual and graphic. Hopefully no one under the age of, you know, 24 is listening to this. But it always fascinates me when someone in the bedroom would say they don't do the main stuff. It's one thing you don't want to try to... Like, that's fine. You don't want to try to, you know, get him fist in the asshole upside down with a banana out of your ear hole. I get it. That's a little bit too much. You don't want to get tied up with a bandana across your eye where you don't see what's happening. Makes sense. It's a little bit too much. If you need that much stimuli, you probably got a lot of other trauma that really probably turns me off. But if you're, like, as a guy and a girl, you got to be able, you like, no matter what, if the other person wants these quote-unquote main acts, you've got to at least do it here and there. Like, a girl has to be able to give their man head. It just has to. I don't care if you're good at it or not, but you have to be willing to do it. All right? You have to be willing to have normal penetration. It is what it is. As a guy, more likely, unless you make a crazy amount of money like DJ Khaled, 
you have to once in a while, at least on their birthday, you know, uh, get a little sloppy, all right? You have to do it, even if you don't really enjoy it. You got to be able to do certain things. You can't be like, I don't do that. Now, here's the thing. When it gets to anal, yeah, now we got a little, Because I think, honestly, anal is one of the most overrated things out there. Um, Well, I mean, not the actual ass. Like, ass is very important. But anal is like, there's so much work that has to be done for it to happen, realistically. It is a very, from, from what I've heard from the streets that I've not been involved in. Anal is more about the experience than the actual physical pleasure. Um, it is just for the fact of doing something different. There's nothing really enjoyable about anal. There really isn't. As a dude, it's kind of overrated. It's cool. Oh, it's a little tighter. You feel a little hiccups on your wah, wah. But you feel a little throbbing, Maybe. But it's really just them trying to hold in their shit. Um, <laughs> you don't want a chocolate mudslide. Um, oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, my, I'm maybe Jesus. I don't know. Maybe Jesus did anal. You know, maybe it's in our DNA to do anal. If Jesus, if Jesus put in the Bible that your wife must do anal, how many women would believe in Jesus? Just putting it out there. Um, but of course he wouldn't do that because our whole purpose is just recreation, right? Um, that's our whole purpose in life. If you're not making babies, um, you should die by 30, maybe. Um, <laughs> what if that was like, so I guess technically if you become infertile as a guy, if you cannot produce a child or as a woman, you cannot have children anymore. Does that mean that you're useless to society? If that's the way we think about when people talk about God, we're like, if your whole purpose on this earth is just to recreate, as Matt Walsh would say, like, if you get married and don't have children, you're like essentially an uh, abomination to marriage. You're defeating the purpose. And it's like, okay, but what if you can't produce children anymore? Does that mean you should just kill yourself because you're just useless? And I'm an avid believer that if you want to kill yourself, be my guest. Um, I'm actually not anti-people killing themselves that want to do it voluntarily. Like, who am I to tell someone who is very unhappy in their life that they should be forced to live their life continuously? I think that's very, that's always been weird to me. I'm not, I'm not an advocate for people actually, like, just doing it just to do it, but... <coughs> If someone's truly gotten to a point in their life where they've thought about it and they want to do it, hey, you know what? I can't stop you. I'm not a believer in stopping people, all right? I may try to tell you, like, hey, maybe sleep on it. Hey, you know what? Maybe wait until, you know, the oxycodone kind of dwindles down. But you know what? At a certain point, you got to let people do 
what they're thinking. God gave them that brain. If everyone's not like, God made you the way you are. And apparently God is the devil. Devil is God. So that's why when people say refer to your demons, they're actually talking about what God, their brain gave to you. I'm not a believer in it. I don't know what to believe when it comes to that. But when people talk about their demons, I guess it's really just like their God-given faults. I think that's a better way of putting it. Is it, you know, we have God-given abilities of our strengths and stuff that we're naturally innate and stuff we're good at. Like people say someone naturally athletic. Some people are naturally strong. Some people would naturally have good rhythm. Um, God, God forgot to give me that one. Um, some people can naturally just play instruments. Some people just have a natural ability to do certain things. Now, the things you lack are things that are detrimental to you, like, you know, people, the usual stuff, drugs, alcohol, um, trans, pussy, um, <laughs> uh, maybe anal. I don't know. Maybe that is that a God-given fault? So we have God-given abilities and God-given faults. Um, is, so is really your demons a God-given fault? If you're a believer that Jesus was once the devil and vice versa. Hmm. Damn. Look at Clint putting some shit together. It's weird when you talk about yourself in third person. And you're not accomplished enough to talk about yourself in third person. But hey. It's amazing what you can justify to yourself. Like Jesus. Um, But yeah. No. Anyway. Back to the thing. If we have. if If we cannot reproduce. Even if you are basically born. With the condition where no matter what you do, you can never reproduce again. Are you basically just a stain on this earth? Like that's technically the way people that are religious and talk about God and talk about uh, the traditional values of marriages. I guess this all still ties back to Steven Crowder. Like what? Like what do we make of that? Stuff that's out of someone's control. Like, God made me where I can't reproduce children, let's just say hypothetically. God made it where a woman can't produce enough whatever to have children. It's like, what do you want them to do? Because technically their purpose is useless no matter what they accomplish or what they do in this life. So, I think it's an interesting discussion. I certainly have my God-given faults or devil gifts. So if it's a God-given fault, is it a devil's gift? God damn, look at Clint. Look at fucking Clint. God damn, he is putting shit together. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, the only reason why like, I can never... like, I would have a hard time ever selling my soul if I would ever become like famous or ever get into a profession that involves doing that to progress in that you know if you're a believer in like Hollywood and stuff like that is that like I would be at these ceremonies watching these people like bow down to these 60 year old like ugly ass nymphomaniacs and I would just start laughing at these people like you guys like can actually follow through with this with a clear mind like you could drug me with like roofies chlorophyll Zantec, and I would still just laugh at you and be like, this ugly ass motherfucker, this is who we're going to sell our soul to? Um, 
But of course, there's always this indirect things of selling your soul. I don't know. Like, I tell people roll my eyes when I hear a lot of that stuff. But I understand that they actually, there's a real thing about it. Um, It exists. But I think a lot of that stuff is really like, it's a lot of brainwashing. It's all in your head. Like, you can't actually legitimately take a soul out of someone. You basically take someone's incentive to have a good will about themselves by breaking down someone and putting someone in a public detriment of perception. And that's really what selling your soul is. It's not this literal selling. It's not literally someone taking my soul out like on Scooby-Doo and then putting all in a big old potion bucket and like, hey, scrappy, scrappy doo. And now like Velma is shaggy and shaggy is Fred and Actually, Shaggy was Daphne, and Scooby is, you know, I think Scooby was still Scooby. Oh, Scoobs. Um, <laughs> really, Scooby-Doo is just one, the, the movies are just really one big mushroom trip, when you really think about it. I would try mushrooms. I don't know, I like, eating the mushrooms, that part would scare me. Like, but if you were to, like, blend it in something, it probably wouldn't be as potent, but I would try it. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I would have a hard time selling my soul. Like, I barely have souls in my shoe. All right, that was corny as fuck. Um, <laughs> that's why they stink. Um, <laughs> but, you know, would I, <clears throat> if, like, basically, I thought, like, I thought about this, like, literally just now. Not like I've thought about this for years, because... I don't think about that shit. But let's just say for my writing or my podcast, right? If someone said, hey, if you sell your soul to us, to this community, this dark community, whatever the fuck, this Satan's anal community, would you, if we, if you sell your soul, we will guarantee you that for the rest of your life, you can do this podcast and make a shitload of money, be happy, and have everything you can physically want. And you will never have to worry about a thing again. But you have to have this like attachment to us. That anything we need at a given time, you have to kind of serve us. It's very Scientology, like the Scientology attachment when you have the Tom Cruise and all that stuff. It's a very similar type of feeling. It's like, would you trade this aspiration you have? And it's like, because we all make trade-offs in everything in life. It's like, is the trade-off worth the result though? Is it something you are willing to deal with the rest of your life? And like, if you were to try to get out of it, there's like real consequences. Like, you might actually die. Like, you try to get out of it. And what if you have kids involved and all that shit? Like, you're not just talking about yourself at that point. But you got to have the greatest life that everyone could want and everything you dreamed of. It just kind of, there was this trade-off that you didn't have enough faith in yourself to get that. So you took the guarantee of kind of selling who you are, per se. Um, I think it's an interesting thing. I don't, I, I couldn't do it, at least not directly. Like, it's really no different if you sign like a bad contract with someone, you basically have sold 
yourself for that period of time. Where if you don't do what they say, you're kind of fucked. And if you don't follow your obligations, there's some real ramifications. And you may not get every ounce of effort and result that you put in. Because someone's profiting off you, which is kind of like what selling your soul is. It's someone is profiting off of knowing that without them, they know that you are kind of useless to yourself. If Because you already shown that you were willing to give yourself because you didn't trust yourself to get what you sold yourself in exchange for. Damn, look at, look at fucking Clint. God damn it, I'm back. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, look, I, as someone, I know it would never happen to me because I don't listen to anyone. <laughs> I laugh when people try to convince me to do anything. I like, I, I'm like a cat. I give a side eye to anything you fucking tell me. I just say, fuck you. Like, I almost smacked the shit out of someone I worked. Uh, I shouldn't say that on this show. <laughs> look, man, I've been on edge a lot. I've almost smacked a few people. Like, I don't know, if you've ever been, like, as a dude, I would say, if you've ever been, like, quote-unquote, through different phases where you are just on edge, and when you hear that word on edge, all dudes know what I'm talking about, where it's, like, the slightest thing, especially, like, specific, a dude can say, or, like, a little undertone of a smartass trying to question what you're doing or something, or try to give you some direction in something when you feel like they don't know what the fuck they're doing that well. When you've been on edge, you're basically like, it's on site, as the kids say. It's on site. Um, like, where it's so on site, you wouldn't even care if, like, you lost your job. You lost everything because in that moment, you just wanted to give them something. <laughs> and some people just bring that out of you. Like, they, they bring that succulent suck the shit out of your energy type of feeling and there's there's when you were in that mode of being on edge man like i don't know how to describe it maybe i'm just that fucked up sometimes but when you were on edge like the slightest fucking things just make you want to put someone's head in a microwave and absorb all the radiation and their face look like um like a freaking Hannibal Lecter looking dude. Like, like you don't want to, you don't want to actually like hurt, hurt someone, but you want them to feel that if you continuously do this small shit, that when I'm in a normal phase of mine, I just let go. But when the devil takes over, quote unquote, when when my devil's thoughts come in, like. I just want to pick you up, slam you down, and smack you in the face in front of your wife where she never looks at you the same again. She views you as a bitch. Maybe I fuck her in the ass just for sake of it. I wouldn't do that because I'm a child of reason, but it would be very dehumanizing, let's just say. Um, Because, you know, it would be the first time she's felt something in a while. Um... <laughs> But no, seriously, when you are on edge, you just like, I probably sound like a serial like killer right now. I ain't gonna lie. Well, it runs in the family. Um, (laughs) 
Oh, Jesus. That just exposed something I shouldn't. Um, <laughs> but look, when you are on edge, and I think actually, I will say, I think it's in a very important quality for people to have. I should say it's a very important quality for a guy to be able to just on site not give a fuck and just lose his shit sometimes. Because sometimes you need to just lose your shit. Still be in control of your shit, but sometimes you got to be willing to lose it. Look, it's a hard world out here. But sometimes you just got to elbow motherfucker when they try you day in and day out with their small idiosyncrasies. When they try to be like, oh, see, I told you. It's like, oh, really? You told me? Oh, really? Or maybe you're just a little bitch that can't pick it up yourself. How about that? Sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, touch your food again and you'll be a mashed potato, my friend. Um, <laughs> I'm a fool. Uh, but you know, you smell like arm pity the fool. Um, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I told this dude to shut the fuck up the other day and it felt great. And I don't take pride when I like kind of snap a little bit, but I told this man to shut the fuck up. And I felt no, because you know, some of people, they just like fucking, they just, they just do some shit where they feel like they got to be in control. They got to take over whatever it may be. It's like, shut the fuck up. Don't tell me how to do something when I'm in the process of solving the problem I'm trying to do. I fucking hate that shit. If I'm solving a problem, let me fail at solving the problem before you try to correct the problem when you are the reason why the problem is the fucking problem. Um... But yeah, I told this kid to shut the fuck up. Not kid, he's like 20-something. But I told this man, this young boy, man, who, you know, I may send him an apology. I may, like, apologize to him because I don't like being a dickhead to people. But when I apologize to him, he's going to get a basket of deodorant because I swear to God, if he doesn't wear, if, if I am around this man one more time, and he smells like my underwear after I come, sweat, and go to the gym three days in a row in it. I'm going to smack him unlike the father who refused to smack him. All right? Um, God damn. God, that, he annoys the fuck out of me. But hey, he means well. That's all that matters. As long as you mean well, you get away with a lot of stuff. It's where we live in. Oh, it's all about the intention. It's like, it's not just about the intention. Sometimes the result fucking matters too. Um, Jesus, this is really off. This is really off and beaten today. Um, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I kind of got off subject. I haven't looked in the camera. Like, you know, you get in the zone. You don't even look in. You don't even look directly who you're talking to or what you're talking to. You just start looking around and fucking getting into it. Like, yeah. Um, get in the zone. Um, but yeah. That is, uh, right. But other than that, I mean, life's pretty good. Yeah. What more can you ask for? You got Wi-Fi. You got a fridge full of fridge stuff. Um, you eat quality food. You take care of yourself. You shower. You have a side hustle, as the kids say. Is this a hustle? I don't know. I hate that term. It's a hustle. Hustle sounds like you are doing some extra. And you're like running. But you're not really like going full force at it. You're 
it's like if you're not going full force, it's not really a hustle. You're more just like jaywalking. Um, I, I consider this my jaywalk. Like I take it serious, and I, you know, I don't really look at, I don't really follow the lights. I don't really follow if it says the walk or not. I just kind of do what I want to do and ignore conventional wisdom and just go at it. Um, but yeah, but yeah, um, I think I might just leave it there. But yeah, that was episode 190. Ooh, that was a pretty good episode. Selling devil, selling his soul, uh, selling your soul to the devil. God was once the devil. Um, smack one to smack the shit out of some people being on edge. Steven Crowder is all we're useful for is reproducing. I don't know. Just so some thoughts out there. All right, that was episode one ninety of the Off and Be podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Uh, yeah, and I guess she's lactating. But yeah, have a great day or night or morning or, you know, if you don't identify time and you're very fluid in your time, you know, do what you got to do. All right, I'll see you.